Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. And just before I begin my message for Easter, we have a word from our sponsor, Archbishop, Archbishop Philip. Um, if we could have the next slide, Murray. Easter looks back to an event in human history, in fact, a key event, the death and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. As we know, this took place in Jerusalem nearly 2,000 years ago. If it were not indeed historical, then Christian faith would be futile, as St. Paul tells us. But the evidence for it is profound, now and then, if we only look. Easter tells the story of salvation and how the death of the Son of God, Jesus the Messiah, is of immediate and lasting significance to all humankind. I emphasize that the Easter event took place within history, yet it utterly transcends history as well. From that time since, people are called to live in the reality of the resurrection as meaningful for them in their time, as well as for their eternal future. Those who love Jesus live in both the now and the not yet. The now has been transformed into one of love, joy and hope, while the not yet is the perfect fulfillment of God's promises and a fellowship with Him which awaits us. That is why the Easter message is as relevant today as ever. As St. Augustine put it so beautifully 1,600 years ago, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Easter proclaims the living and glorious reality of God's decisive act of salvation to us today, to each of us in our generation and in our own context. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Have a blessed and holy Easter. Christ is risen, hallelujah. And he is... Thank you. And that is the point of today. If you look at our journey through Holy Week, it is highly scripted. There's a lot of things that happen in Holy Week that we refer to. Because one of the things that Jesus wanted to prove to everyone around him was that the scriptures were actually naming him as the Messiah, as the Redeemer of all the earth. There are approximately, depending on how you count them, uh, approximately 400 different prophecies that were fulfilled from the Old Testament in Jesus's, in Jesus's journey to the cross. Some of those prophecies reflected what Jesus did. Other prophecies were what people around him did, like the guard taking the sponge full of vinegar and putting it on his lips when he asked for water. So when we look at the prophecies surrounding Jesus, it is a highly scripted journey into Holy Week because we are naming Jesus as the Messiah, as the one who is to redeem all the earth. And so he dies on the cross and is buried in a tomb. And that's, that, my friends, is where the script ends. Once the tomb is empty, once Jesus is released and identified as our Messiah... There is no script. There is no, there is no understanding of what can happen. What are the possibilities for us now? 
because our Lord is alive and now is working in the world, in our lives and in our places and spaces, wherever we occupy them, to bring life to all of us. And yet sometimes I think that we're still in the tomb. Sometimes I think, as I listen to people, we have the tomb and Mary's gone to the tomb and she's told that Jesus has left and, there's all, and he's gone ahead to Galilee. He's, he's waiting for all his brothers in Galilee. And yet, are we going off to our Galilee? Are we going off to the table that Jesus has set for us? Or are we waiting in some other space, entombed by our own fears, our own worries, entombed by the things that stop us from having a full relationship with our Lord God? We look at our society now, and we look at the things that we're dealing with. Our kids are dealing with... The, my children are dealing with things that are far heavier and weightier on their lives at their young ages than I had to. The hardest thing I ever had to deal with was running out the back fence and trying to get to the local basketball court before my dad called me to get some work done. Whereas now you could be playing with your friends and all of a sudden there's a YouTube clip, someone's uploaded and destroys your life. The idea of having your youth and having who you are as just that moment in time, good or bad, is lost on some of our younger generation. Things that people, if there was a YouTube clip of every mistake that I made, I think there'd be a whole channel dedicated to Rob stuff-ups, you know? But at the same time, our kids have to deal with that. And so, what are the things that entomb us? As parents, I'm entombed by certain ideas and worries for my children about their future and the things that affect them. As a priest, I worry about my congregation, the sheep. As, a, as the shepherd of this flock, I worry about you guys. Each and every day, I pray for everyone, hoping that your hearts and minds and souls are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because where the Holy Spirit is, evil cannot be present. What are the things that you're entombed with? What are the things that stop you stepping out of the tomb on Resurrection Sunday and going to the table which the Lord has prepared in abundance? Because there is a plan and you're part of that plan. You have a place and a space in sharing the resurrection message to all in your community, to all who are part of your life. So... Everyone's got a light. Everyone was really joyful to accept the light and it was something maybe different for some of us here today. Some of you may have seen that, had an experience of that before. Are you going to take that joy because now you have the Christ light with you? Are you going to take that joy and share the light and love and the gift that we have from today's service in your life with those that are closest to you as well as all those that are around you as well. Behind me, I'm not sure if there may be new people to our church or maybe this is even new for the parish because for our guests here, I'm, I'm also new to... I started less than, just under a year ago, so I'm changing things and people are a bit... Oh, you know, how we go? But this, this cross here, and I'll just move over so that you, if there's someone that has their view blocked, it's part of what we read in Exodus... 
We see Moses had a staff and Aaron had a staff. Moses had the staff of judgment. Aaron had the staff of grace. Because from Aaron's staff, flowers and fruit grew. And when we read what was in the tabernacle, the staff that Aaron had was part of the tabernacle, as well as the Ten Commandments, as well as a jar of manna that was contained in the tabernacle and carried with the Israelites wherever they went. What was on Good Friday for us a cross of judgment, a way of our, our Messiah being judged for all our sins and nailed to the cross so that his blood was shed for us and when we had our Good Friday service, people put all the things that they were handing over under the cross. And all that has been taken and has been offered with incense to God. So if you offered something, you can't take it back now. It's gone. God's got it. You need to step out of the tomb and leave that wherever you left it on Friday. And here today, as a symbol from our gardens here, we have some green coming out of the cross to symbolise the grace and love of the resurrection. The resurrection is about giving life to you, giving life to your soul. It is about your eternal life and your presence in God's space. We are assured in confidence that because of the gift of the cross, when you die, you will meet Jesus and Jesus will take you before the Father. And as much as Satan wants to accuse you for anything that you've done, Jesus will be saying, I got this. I got this. This person is free to go and be with my Father in heaven, with our Father in heaven. That is the joyfulness of today. That's why we've got trumpets. That's why we're going to have renewal of vows. That's why we're going to have songs that hopefully lift you up. Because it's not a day of solemnity. The solemnity in the, was on Good Friday when we sat here and Saturday when we thought about all the things that we need to hand over to our Lord God. Hand that over. Step out of the tomb and go forward to where Jesus waits for you. Because there is a table of abundance. There is a feast set for you to enjoy all of the gifts that God has given to you. Whatever circumstances you find yourself in, whatever difficulties that you find yourself in, I always say, have this little saying, and hopefully the kids will get this. Everyone seems to think that their problems are bigger than God. But this day reminds me that there is no problem on earth. There is nothing that I deal with that is ever bigger than my God. If there is nothing bigger than my God, then all I need to have is confidence that if I accept the cross as my guiding light, there is nothing that can affect me in my relationship with God. So as we move forward, as we go forward into Resurrection Sunday, as we have our Easter egg hunt, kids, there's an Easter egg hunt later, so don't rush off. Tell your parents, hide their keys, put them in your pocket. That's the best way to stop them from going. All right? That's a little tip from uh, Rev Rob. So if you need to stay for the Easter egg hunt, Stay for the Easter egg hunt. Plenty of Easter eggs are around in different spaces. But let's be joyful with the fact that our Lord God is risen 
and is ahead of you in your life and is waiting for you. And don't be scared to go there. Go in confidence to our Lord God because his arms were raised on the cross not to judge you but to embrace you as equals before his Father. The Lord be with you.